0: If you've ever had that feeling where you're about to fall, that moment when you are stumbling to place one foot in front of the other, and you no longer care if you're staying upright, you only hope to last a little bit longer before you eventually fall right on your face. Well, this is the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. This is episode number 61. I'm your host, Seth Singleton, and I can honestly say that was my feeling as I tried to pull five books from the amazing selection available this week, the week of June 23rd. It was more than a challenge, not quite a Herculean effort. However, it was harder than I expected, and along the way, (laughs) great stories, great books had to be put aside so I could call the list to just five. That's what we do here on each and every episode. That's what we'll be doing today here on episode number 61. Now, for whatever reason... A serious convergence of events is occurring, all within relative earshot. My French Bulldog Bruno has an extra burst of energy this morning, and he is raring to go. He's found three different toys he rarely cares about and will not stop playing with them. So you will hear, perhaps, a little bit extra in the way of snarbles and snores. And then, for whatever reason that the garbage company is almost never this early. They are today, so (laughs) you might hear them in the background. There's some I can control, some I can't, and I really appreciate your patience because we have a really great episode of The Spinner Rack. I'm looking forward to sharing each one of these stories with you. I think it's going to be a really great time, and I look forward to hearing your thoughts about them. Now, we're going to kick things off with my first choice. Today, I'm talking about The Lolo Woods, a book I've really enjoyed, one that I found to be haunting, powerful, and I'm a little sad to see it go after just six issues, but the work that it left behind was really a magnificent thing of beauty. It's a combination of horror and mystery and wonder, and the gift we get by getting the chance to read it is one of those experiences where you know you've been changed, you know you've been hurt a bit, you know that you're tired, and you know that some of what you've seen can never be unseen. And yet there's also the fact that for all of that, you are the better for it. You are the better for hearing a story, for sharing it, for witnessing it, and for in some way, even if just in your memory, keeping it alive. I could go into a lot of details about The Lolo Woods Number 6, or I could just point out that it's an amazing team-up of Carmen Maria Machado, Danny, and Tamara Bonvillain. And what they give you, from the original cover to this haunting, haunting variant cover, all the way through their story, is the feeling that you can't always stop people from experiencing harm. You can't, even with foreknowledge, prevent someone from going through something that you experienced as well, and you wish to keep from anyone and everyone else. But what you can do is make a choice about how to respond, and what to do next. This beautiful story not only offers up a chance for our main characters to experience a sense of healing, a sense of closure, a sense of regaining what they've lost from the memories and the experiences and the violations and innocence that have been taken. And they get the chance to offer up a solution, a choice. Take and remember, leave and forget. Some choose to remember, some choose to forget. Hotel California started to come through my mind when I was reading those lines, but more than that, it's the understanding of the things that they don't make us who they are because we experience them. We decide who we are by how we respond. It's a beautiful idea, but when it's so well executed, it comes across not only in the story, but on the page, in the beautiful, terrifying, stunning images, and a collection that I am going to encourage and recommend. And of course, there's always the chance to pick it up as a trade, but if you've been collecting these one by one or thinking about it, well... I can say that the Lolo Woods number six brings you a finale and a conclusion that is both mature and also very aware that when we live in a real world, just because something bad happens doesn't mean that something amazingly perfect will follow. But there is a human choice that follows, and this book does a wonderful job of introducing that. My first choice of episode number 61 of The Spinner Rack, a solid five out of five from The Lolo Woods, number six. Now, The Lolo Woods is one of those amazing offerings that we've had ever since Joe Hill launched his Joe Hill line through DC Comics. My second choice, The Plunge, is yet another from that amazing, talented segment of DC Comics. From the terrifying mind of Joe Hill and the amazing art of Stuart Immonen we plunge into plunge number four with colors by David Stewart, letters by Darren Bennett, an amazing cover by Jeremy Wilson and a haunting variant cover by Gary Frank and Brad Anderson. The story of plunge continues to deepen and darken. And the whole time there is this overwhelming sensation, at least for me, that our main characters simply don't know enough about what is going on around them, let alone what they are encountering. What they do know is that what they've seen has been horrifying, has been heart wrenching, has been painful. And it feels like a slow sink into quicksand, the kind that will never let you go and will eventually pull you under. Whether you wrestle, whether you stay still, It's a horrifying experience to see how much the people the creatures they've come upon who were part of a ship wrecked over 80 years ago have been transformed by an entity with a proposition help us and we leave don't help us be assimilated and we wait for the next opportunity the examples given for what could happen should resistance be the choice are painful haunting and by the time we come to the end of this chapter the main characters are so haunted are so disturbed by what they've experienced that whatever they were before is no more and we really can't anticipate let alone expect what they might do next it's a it's a challenging idea that i think comes up in horror but in suspenseful horror you really get a chance to sit in it and feel it with this story from the overwhelming shadows something that i felt has been a very powerful tool in the joe hill line noticed it in Lolo woods should have said it earlier saying it now for that book as well as for plunge there is a weight and a darkness doesn't matter if there's daylight doesn't matter if it's nighttime there's always a pallor of gray across everything and with that is that sense that you're in a gray world there's very little black and white very little white and right and wrong very little in the way of clear-cut actions solutions or consequences it's it's a horrifying idea that i think Great horror does a wonderful job of capturing. I really enjoyed the way Plunge number no. four presents this idea and shows us what's left of a crew after they started this mission with the intent to rescue and now are forced to figure out how they can rescue themselves. Amazing experience. Really look forward to hearing your thoughts about Plunge number no. four and more as we continue along this amazing series. Now, with my first two out of the way, we're going to take that always necessary ad break, give you an opportunity to catch up on what's going on here at DC Comics News and how you can be a part of it. And of course, when we come back, my third, fourth and fifth choices. Hi, everyone. I'm here to tell you about the DC Comics News podcast. Here every week to talk everything DC. Movies, TV, comics and everything in between. But don't just take my word for it. Here are a couple of our sponsors. Listen to the DC Comics News Podcast. It's audio justice. (laughs) No, no, no. It's audio chaos. These wackos are crazier than I am. Well, maybe you're both right. Regardless, you can catch us on every kind of podcast platform. Apple Podcasts, Google Play, Spotify, Stitcher, and everywhere you find great podcasts. So, um, can I go now? Let him go. He did everything you asked. (laughs) No. Join me each week in the Comics in Motion feed in your favorite podcast catcher. What hello there? I'm Seth Singleton, and I'm here to tell you about MadBup, a Harley Quinn cast. Three, two, one. Harley Quinn. Harley fucking Quinn. What have we learned from this crazy show? Making bat shark repellent relevant since 1966. Oh, look, go And we've gone completely off the rails. I hear the bat signal. Shut up the bat, I'm um, I definitely do not f*** that. In need of an adult-sized nemesis. Humans make good fertilizer. You can't f- with Lois Lane. For f***'s sake. I'm a damn good cop. A lot of lasers. Hmm. Educational and informative. Then came the Spitter Rack. And now the third show brought to you by the guys that brought you all that other stuff I just mentioned. I am the Knight. A story about the stories. A show celebrating Batman, the animated series. Week by week, episode by episode, just when you thought it was safe to put on a pair of headphones. I and the night Now for my third choice. Oh. <laughs> Let me start out by saying welcome back. That ad break was quick, wasn't it? I I barely noticed it myself. I was so quick to roll right into my third choice for this episode number 61 of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. However, pause, recognize and reminder. Should you have questions about anything you might have heard, Stay tuned to the end for all the ways you can let us know what you're thinking, what you need to know, or anything else you think we need to hear. Keeping that in mind, I come back to my third choice, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey number two. I'm going to be completely honest here. Birds of Prey number one, Harley Quinn and the Birds of Prey number one, didn't strike me in a very specific way. And with that first issue, I felt a lot of what I had experienced in the movie was part of that story. And I'd already seen it. So there's a question for me about why I was reading this and and what more it could tell me. I've never been a huge uh, champion for adaptations of movies into comic books. I know they work. But sometimes I feel like the changes are disconcerting. So when I picked up Birds of Prey number two, I have to say I was wonderfully surprised by the direction this second chapter takes. Amanda Connor, Jimmy Palmiotti, doing some amazing stuff with the writing. Amanda Connor's art is phenomenal. Alex Sinclair's colors are vibrant, they are dark, they are sharp. John J. Hill with the Great Letters. Amanda Connor and Paul Mounts providing a really fun original cover and a really fun variant cover from Arthur Adams and Sabine Rich. Makes this a fun book to read, to collect, to just look at. The opening for me is hilarious as the gang is sitting around a table, chowing down, and we get a chance to see a side of Montoya that reminds me of just what a blue blood cop. She really is. Police officer. Law enforcement officer. Whatever your choice. Now, the hydraulics are still squeaking in the distance, but I'm pressing on because it fits perfectly with our introduction of a great character named Sin, who shows up later and wants to be part of Joker's retinue entourage. Now, interestingly, she's trying to prove this by wailing on a man, an ice cream truck man, tied up and dangling from a chain by his feet. See, this is where the hydraulics from the garbage truck suddenly make a little more sense. And she's beating him with a crowbar just because he didn't have the flavor that she wanted. Now, that's not really enough for Joker to be pulled in. But sometimes choices are made by necessity. Harley... ...has a plan in which she wants to put a lot of pressure on all of the Joker's most painful points. And at first, it's impressive seeing the way this pulls apart the seams of a carefully threaded plan. What's revealed by the time he is finally brought down is that there are consequences to Harley's actions... That something she's disturbed was actually not just for the Joker and part of an agreement he had with a number of his fellow inmates at Arkham who know now that he's been captured and have heard how much of his private stash has been exposed, how exposed they are now too. It really makes for this great story in which you realize that The layers that Amanda Connor is pulling together here with uh, Jimmy Palmiotti, the way they are building so many pieces of a team story, a high story, uh, (laughs) a come up in story, and so many other types of tales. It's a lot of fun. And between it all, you have this great team. Amazing group of characters, uh, each one putting on a, a really fun show of their powers, their expertise, and the things that make them A, unique, and B, such perfect pieces of a great team. I really enjoyed everything about this, including a quick moment when we saw Batgirl with a broken foot, talking about how she'll be running communications and logistical support from her position on the bed. We saw a lot of great stuff from Barbara Gordon as Oracle, but this lighter play on her inability to join the team out in the field was a really fun example of how she can still be a great Oracle to the Birds of Prey and Harley Quinn. This was just a all-around really fun issue. In fact, one of the things I love is how in it, both Harley and Joker take on a very unique look. I think it's a signature of the book. It's one I'm looking forward to seeing not only as the book continues, but as other characters pop up from Frieze to Clay to so many other legendary members of Batman's Rogue Gallery. It's a fun read. It's a good story. And it takes us so many steps beyond what the first issue and the movie were doing and shows us the potential of what we might get to enjoy with a full run of this Black Label series and future movies down the road. This was a really fun pick for me. I had a lot of fun sharing it with you. The thing that I think sticks out the most is just because something doesn't hit its perfect mark on the first issue doesn't mean it's not going to do something amazing next time around. Sorry for that little bump there as I lost the grip on my coffee cup and almost sent it spilling. Instead, there was a gentle knocking. However, like the dog, like the garbage truck, none of that will deter us or me from giving Harley Quinn and Birds of Prey. Issue number two, a very strong five out of five, a great book, a great choice, just one of many of the hard ones you'll have to make when it comes to Picking your books for this week. And my fourth choice is actually a perfect example of this. I'm talking about Batman the Smile Killer, number one. But I'm also talking about Batman 93. Which to choose, which to talk about. Now, for starters, Batman 93 has a great reveal that some readers might have already figured out. And if you hadn't, well, there's no way I'm going to spoil it for you. So there's that. But when it comes to Batman, The Smile Killer number 1, it really started with the fact that when I looked at the cover, I saw something that always makes me decide to give it a read. It's writer Jeff Lemire, a local comic shop I go to, the Cape and Cowl Comics. Big fan of in Oakland. They have this great saying in Lemire they trust. And I think that's a good motto to live by. Keeping that in mind, it's why I picked up Batman the Smile Killer number one. It's why I chose it for this episode. And his great writing is supported by artist Andrea Sorrentino with colors from Jordi Belair, letters from Steve Wands. These are names I've seen do a lot of great work. They combine here in a wonderful package with a great cover, original by Andrea Sorrentino and a variant by Kare andrews the first one is its own degree of haunting the variant cover with a child in a joker lipstick haunted look smile is only the first piece of the many collaged images that make this variant horrifying uh if you love an eye-catching variant this one is for you now this issue opens up with Mr. Smile's Playhouse, a character called Mr. Smiles, and a very grim and solemn Bruce Wayne. And it transitions to a horrible killing in a local deli market, and a remembrance from Bruce, a feeling and a discovery in a television studio that appears to have been part of the Mr. Smile show But what Batman can't work out is how that could be if the show was from over 30 years ago, and why it is that when we do see the Mr. Smiles playhouse, it appears that Mr. Smiles is talking directly to Bruce. In fact, in the opening, he does a horrifying thing that only the arrival of Bruce's mother is enough to prevent. But the discoveries that Batman makes, the links to a psychological connection with the Joker, are then expounded on with one of those ideas that I struggle with. And it's a question of whether or not the reality you exist in or the reality you are suddenly in is the true reality. And whether or not what you believed was real was really just a falsification of your memories and your mind, a dream state, a wishful thinking. Or if where you are presently, is actually the time that is twisted from your normal and real world. And if you must fight through that in order to get back to the world where you actually belong. I think Lemire does a nice job of introducing this in some fun ways, but it's sort of where I pulled back until as we pressed along, I realized that there was more going on with this story (laughs) than just a question of Batman's sanity. There was instead a question of who Batman is in any situation. And uh, I think this book does a great job. The Black Label does a wonderful thing by allowing some deeper, darker, more sinister elements to come into play that we might not always get to have with a Batman story that isn't Black Label. And because of that we also get a chance to see just how insidious the impact of the Joker can be on the mind, the psyche, the passion, the will, and so many of the other things we tend to rely on, more so if you're a figure like Batman. Batman the Smile Killer, number one. Highly recommended, my fourth choice, great five out of five, and the perfect way to tee us up for my fifth and final choice. And for that fifth and final choice, I had to go. I knew I was going to go. With Green Lantern, 80th Anniversary, 100 page, super spectacular. I love these books. They're (laughs) they're a great value for me. The only challenge I ever face is if I try and get more than one cover, because then suddenly I'm suffering. But what you do get in this great collection is a beautiful original cover, a slew. Of variant covers that are available some wonderful poster style images on the inside and stories kicking us off with James Tynan the fourth with Gary Frank Steve Olaf Tom Napolitano as we move along you get some great legends whether it's uh Dennis O'Neill teaming up with Mike Grell for a really fun Green Lantern Green Arrow story uh Ron Mars and Daryl Banks Simon Grace, teaming with Ramon Villalobos. Mariko Tamaki, working with Merka and Delfo. Now, if you've heard me before talk about these 100-page spectaculars, I've learned a lesson, which is to not try and talk about each and every story that's contained within, mostly because I believe that that should be your experience. However, I usually read at least the first one or two, sometimes three stories, in an effort to gain a sense of the tone and how I want to consider it for an upcoming episode of The Spinner Act, for example. I usually know that when I pick one of these up, I'll read all of the stories for myself, but I think that's a joy that should be part of the fun of a 100 page spectacular. In the first story, featuring Alan Scott, Dark Things Cannot Stand the Light, James Tyne in the Fourth, and Gary Frank, introduce a really wonderful glimpse at Green Lantern and Alan Scott's origin. And they also point to some elements that were introduced back in the Earth 2 series of New 52 about Green Lantern's sexuality, about his loves and his losses. It's a really powerful story. And I think it's told wonderfully through the narrative and dialogue between Alan Scott and the mother of someone who was with Alan on the train when the accident occurred that granted him access to the Green Lantern, the power it contained, but also the horrible price that it came at. This is followed by a great story from Jeff Johns, introducing a really fun (laughs) experience for a Green Lantern, Hal Jordan. Beautiful pencils by Ivan Rice with gorgeous inks by Eau Claire Albert colors by Alex Sinclair that are just dreamy and otherworldly and great letters from Rob Lay. The story Last Will features a very touching, poignant scene, scenario and then brings in a bit of levity to keep things as light and sweet as possible. We get some stories about Guy Gardner, Kilowog, Sinestro and so many others as you read on and along the way beautiful poster size images featuring so many great Green Lanterns we've had the chance to see, read, watch along the way. Perfect ending to a really fun week of great books. Green Lantern, 80th anniversary, 100 page, super spectacular. A solid five out of five. Great way for me to wrap up this episode of the DC Comics News Spinner Rack. This has been episode number sixty-one. I've been your host, Seth Singleton, and just a brief reminder for you that this isn't a one-way conversation. We love to hear what you're thinking. I know I do. If you want to reach out to me directly, you can through Twitter at one more singleton, Instagram as Seth the writer, or if you just want to see cute pictures of funny puppies, check out my dogs Bruno and Fiji. Their Instagram page is secretly better than mine, but. It's really not a secret, I just like to say it that way. Overall, we also love to hear as a group what you're thinking. If you have any thoughts about anything I've talked about here, or on any of the other programs we offer, we'd love you to tell us about it. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, YouTube, Tumblr. All you need is the at symbol and DC Comics News. That's at capital D, capital C, capital C, -C O-M-I-C-S, capital N-E-W-S, Use that tag, let us know what you're thinking, what you're feeling, what questions you have, comments you want to share, anything else you think we need to know, because we want to. When it comes to making sure you don't miss out, one of the great things about DC Comics News Podcast Network is how much that is available to you. If you haven't yet, please go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. When you do, you'll make sure you never miss an episode of The Spinner Rack, the DC Comics News Weekly Podcast. Amazing original programming like I Am The Night The Batman The Animated Series Episode by Episode Breakdown by Mr. Steve J. Ray And Mad Love A Harley Quinn cast A let down your hair Mildly body look At the Harley Quinn show On DC Universe And what we all think about it Warning That show is not for anyone Who is too young Or allowed To watch the show With that being said, so many great programs. Remember to subscribe so you never miss out. And if you have, well, I look forward to sharing with you my next set of picks in episode number 62. Next time, right here on the DC Comics News, Spinner Rack. Until then, as we like to say here, read more comics.